welcome to another episode of Forever Bristol City podcast. And 2023 gets better and better because the score at Ashton Gate yesterday finished City 1, Hull City 0. The unbeaten run goes to 12 games. That's nine in the league plus three in the cup. Um, and good performance to boot. And I'm sure that view will be shared by my uh, co-contributors today, which are uh, Tom, Mark and Ian. Morning, chaps. Uh, we're all in good mood again, aren't we? Yes? Morning, Dave. Morning. Yeah. Morning, morning Dave. Morning. Uh, morning, morning, Tom. There you go. Yeah, you can say a collective good morning. <laughs> good morning. You can say a collective one if you want to. Maybe I won't do that sort of uh, intro again. Or maybe I will. I don't know. Um, as we always do in these situations, uh, let's have keep it to nice and tight, 30 seconds, Opinion on the game, yeah. What were your thoughts as you walked out? First, you, Ian, 30 seconds yesterday. I think it's uh, the, the right thing to start on the positives. So, for me, <clears throat> we got another penalty and a goal, three points, clean sheet, solid performance, better display in midfield at the base of midfield, James and Williams. Uh, we were a better team for the entire game, and you can't say that every week. The defence and the back four were absolutely superb again. Callas is back and he looks back to his best. He looks fit. Fitting on form, he's the best defender at the club. I'm dropping the mic at that point. We're unbeaten in 12. 13 points clear of relegation plus the goal difference makes it effectively 14. And we've got a game in hand on uh, Blackpool. Mimetti looks a threat and sharp. I thought he faded a little bit in the second half, but that's probably because we didn't get the ball to him enough. Mm. Once again, we had a strong bench and we were able to affect the game and close it out because of that, no bookings, and more importantly, no bookings for Williams in Scott. So there were some negatives, and no doubt we'll come on to those. But that's a, a dozen positives, I think. Excellent. All right, you next, Tom. What are your thoughts uh, on the game? You were there yesterday. Take us through your initial initial thoughts. I thought first 15 was some of the best football we played all season. I thought we were really impressive, really on the front foot, high press. Um, and really nice two-touch passing, especially down the right side with Scott and Mametti linking up. Um, I thought we, we dominated the game well. We saw it out in crucial moments. We rode our luck at times, particularly with the, uh, it, the them hitting the post and the Gomel scramble, but I thought deserved winners at the end of the day. OK, Mark, your thoughts? Uh, I think it was a, a, a win well earned a hard working display that despite uh not not scoring early uh, which would have changed the game completely when we when we came we came out of the blocks like a like a rocket we stayed we stayed in the game we don't make mistakes the mid james in midfield was magnificent uh a nine a nine for me and we just kept going forward. And because we kept pressure in Hull, we eventually earned that penalty. It was a definite penalty. Dispatched well by Wells. A deserved three points. And the side is building. I think we've got an identity now. We can pass the ball, although we need yeah. to do it a little bit quicker. We do need to take more of our chances. We do need to cross the ball a bit better still. But it's really positive side, a settled side. Who really just and the and the fitness levels are exceptional. I think that's the the difference. The side just keeps doesn't stop running. It doesn't look. I mean, we're getting ninety minutes out of Joe Williams, ninety plus minutes. That's that's no, a real positive. That was good. No, I mean my take for what it was just sort of picking up on what everybody said. I mean, neither goalkeeper was uh, tested uh, uh, much uh, in the game. Well, a few saves, but they weren't overworked. Any, I thought Callas 
was, uh, as Ian said, back to his best. I thought Williams and James in midfield, you know, they were fully mobile. Uh, and, you know, I just thought we, did, as Ian said, throughout the whole game, uh, it was a game that we were on top all the time. I took a whole City fan with me and they weren't on it. Uh, we should have been a couple of goals ahead early on, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But there we go. Ian, uh, the, t- the lineup uh, with Atkinson sadly being out now for a period of time as yet unspecified uh, with this ACL. But, you know, Callas slotted uh, straight in there. And uh, as you say, he was back to his best. But the rest of the team, um, what do you think of the starting front three? I was surprised that Naki Wells didn't start in the middle in, in, instead of Sam Bell, especially as, as uh, Sam started last week. And I think Naki should start against Man City. The rest of it really picked itself because with the players um, that are unavailable through injury and rehab, uh, there isn't really anybody else to come in. Uh, Rob Atkinson, if his, his injury is the same as Andy Vyman's, he'll be missing for about 10 months. So we should see him in October with a bit of luck. Yeah. So that's a long way to wait. Tom, I mean, the side is picking itself now. So you get an identity when you pick a settled side. But do you agree with Ian that Naki Wells not being in the starting lineup, that's testament to Nigel having faith in a player who's not let him down in recent weeks? Yeah, completely. I think Sam Bell offers you something slightly different to Naki. I think they're, they're different players. Uh, but what a great sub Naki is to come on. I mean, you look at that bench and put a strength on it. That is the strongest bench I've seen us have. Um, but the side picked itself, I think. And like you picked up, and I thought Callas was immense yesterday, but, and he's playing on his weaker side. He's right-footed, and he's having to play left yeah. centre-back. But you you wouldn't be able to tell whether his performance was at Sunderland and uh, yesterday. And I thought overall as a team, I thought everyone was at least a seven, if not an eight yesterday. No, that's uh, pretty impressive to say that. Uh, Mark, would you concur with that view? Everybody, minimum seven out of ten performance from uh, everybody there today. Yeah, I think when, you, when you're playing a settled side and you're building confidence and some sort of identity, you're almost playing habit football. So the players can trust each other to cover, to cover spaces when you're out of possession and when you're in possession to, to run into space and, and, take, and take the ball. That's the difference, you know, the togetherness of the, of the squad. Um, I, I love watching what Anis Mimetti does, you know, getting himself out of coldy sacks on the byline, beating defenders on the outside and the inside it tires a bit. And we've got to make more use of those runs to release players. But what an exciting replacement for, for uh, Antoine Semenyo, uh, you know, for a real steal. Uh, maybe in oh, a minute. Crumbs. Bit. I, yeah. I think, I think that's, that he's going to be a, a, a great championship player. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've got we've we've got a very thin squad, but we're getting yeah. a lot. Because who's that Omar Taylor Clark that was on the bench? Is he uh, is he a central defender? Mark? No, he's mid. He's a midfielder. Yeah, and midfielder. as Ian says, he likes a tackle. He likes a tackle. He likes yeah. a tackle. Yeah. No, the bench, as you said, Tom, the bench is uh, the bench is strong. Uh, you know, if you look at the experience on there, Taylor Clark apart, and we don't know too much about hiking, but uh, you know, Vyman Vels King. Cornick and De Silva, you know, they're all they're all offensive players in the main. I know King played at uh, centre back, and again, that sort of picks up on what Ian said that we are a little bit exposed in defence if anything happens to um, uh, Viner or Callas. Saying that, you know, Pring can always move into set the centre as Cantana, and you know, with um, uh, what's his name, Kane uh, Wilson, 
is it? Yeah, Kane getting a full 90 minutes, even though they lost to Colchester in the uh, under 21s. Uh, you know, he's going to come back into contention maybe uh, by the end of, uh, well, next month, the month upcoming in March. OK, let's get into the action. I mean, it was a quiet, um, I thought it was quite a quiet opening and somebody commented, in fact, a guy who sat next to me, he thought, he said, half an hour gone, there haven't been any fouls. And I checked on BBC, there have been two committed by them. But uh, Ian, did you, we, we started with a high intensity, you know, and coming down the flanks, Mometi and Sykes, and we should have been in front then, but after that, got, the, the game was in a quiet period. And, you know, it, do you think at any time we had half an eye on Tuesday night? You know, we've given everybody a seven or more as a mark, but that early start, it should have produced a goal, shouldn't it? Yeah. It should have produced a goal. And it, in some ways, slightly worrying that it didn't. Um, <clears throat> we got on the front foot, we started brightly. Our passing was excellent, as Tom said, but there was no finishing touch. Some of our crossing, I have to say, was still dreadful. It's something we don't we don't do well. Uh, it's no good when you've got Sam Bell in the middle, pinging crosses to the far post in the air. Waste of time. So some of the movement in the box wasn't clever. I thought at times we didn't get enough players in the box um, to finish the chances. And we we need to be better at that. And I know we can be better because I've seen us be better and I've seen us do it. So in terms of pace, with the guys we've got up front and now a bit of trickery with Mimeti, there aren't many teams in that division who can live with us. Um, but if we need to have the, the final ball, there needs to be a lot more composure in yeah. the final third. I saw uh, Pearson in quite a heated conversation with Williams at one point on the touchline and you could tell from his body language and his hand gestures he was just saying to him calm down because yeah. the number of times if, if you look at the number of times we over hit passes and i'm not talking about attempted world is i'm talking about a simple 10 yard through ball yeah. and we over hit it and it's just that over eagerness now if we can just have that little bit more of composure get our heads up a little bit more in the wide areas and cross it better We'll score a ton of goals. Of course you will. Bell and Wells and Conway when he's fit and Byman, they all know where the back of the net is. No, that's true. Tom, do you agree with, with that view? I mean, again, the crossing was poor and there were some, I'm whole guilty of, um, you know, some aimless passes as well, but I'll call it unforced errors, you know. Do you, do you, and there seemed to be a lot of slipping on the pitch because the, mm. the pitch came in for a bit of criticism. Uh, somebody said, didn't look great on Wednesday. Um, but the pitch, you know, there was slipping and passes being overhit. But uh, your thoughts on what Ian said about the lack of composure in the final third? Yeah, I, I think I completely agree with what Ian said there um, with crossing to the back post. And I think mainly not getting enough bodies in the box because the way we play, we like to hit the byline and cut it back. It's what we've done since turn of the new year in the way we attack. Um, and I think that's mainly due to us lacking Naismith. I think without Naismith, we haven't got that incisive pass in the middle that we saw earlier in the season. Mm. Um, so I think we have to use the wings. And that's what we do. We expand pitch really well. And then we give Mehti time on the ball. And he's obviously what a player he is. You know, yeah. it's the creativity, you'd absolutely hate to play against him. Because he's so unpredictable. He could take you, with, you know, on the outside, on the inside. And I mean, how do you defend that? But if we're going to whip these balls in, need to get more bodies around to win the second ball. I looked up and there was only 
maybe Scott going for the ball or Bell going for the ball. And it's like getting three or four bodies in there, anything can happen. And then it gets hit against you, it goes in, whatever. But I thought fifth, first 15 was really good intensity, really sharp passing, particularly down the right. And I thought we were, we were much, much the better team. Uh, in that first 15 and I thought we were going to get a goal but it didn't come alive we didn't and you said you said Tom uh, that you know we, we and I think Ian said as well we missed Naismith but if you look at that complete performance that you say we had today where does ne- who who would if Naismith had been fit yesterday mm. would you say he's a certain definite starter and if so are you then suggesting dropping one of Williams and James to accommodate him because yesterday they had that movement that I've not necessarily seen in bucket loads. But where, where does he fit in? Um, for me, I think, look, we, we put him instead of Williams because if he goes instead of Williams and we, we start well, or then, because for me, I think Scott plays better next to Naismith as well. I think you can get mm-hmm. Scott more in the game with Naismith next to him. I think they've got a good relationship there. I think Naismith, for me, he adds a really good, dynamic passing range that perhaps we don't have anywhere else in the team. Um, and look, we know from earlier in the season that Williams can be a fantastic impact sub in the 60th minute if he needs to be. Um, yeah. But for me, James is drop. You can't drop him at the minute because he's been no. our best player for the last four weeks. And I've been quite vocal in my criticism physically of James, you know, thinking that he may, might not be up to it. And he's proved me so, so wrong. Uh, for me, he has been the best player over the last month. Yeah, that's an interesting comment. Mark, I'll come to you after that. I mean, James is the best, but, you know, there's a thread on uh, uh, OTIB this morning, you know, Zach Viner, you know, imperious at the back, you know, and well, the threads are the most improved player this season. I think you could say that without a doubt, but, you know, he he doesn't need to feel in awe of Thomas Callas anymore, does he, based on how he's performed in the year particularly the last six months, that Callas hasn't been around. You know, he's his equal now in terms of, okay, Callas is an international, but, you know, Viner's there and he looks great. And we still haven't got him on proper contract yet, have we? I I, I don't know about that. Maybe Ian could answer that, but I think Viner's been our best player this season. Hmm. The way way he's grown in stature, uh, the way, you know, he stands up completely, completely unruffled, just a million miles away from the player of last season. He, he doesn't doesn't look like he feels any pre- any pressure. I think he, he he and he passes the ball well as well. I like to see him perhaps carry the ball out of defence. He can pass some of his long passing. I think he was he got like pre, he got uh, some pre assist and assist for last se- last mm. season. I remember a, a good pass against Cardiff, which set Andy Vyman away for the, for the first goal. Mm. He's he's been some defender. I think he he could be in Championship uh, teams of the season if he car- if he carries on this way. A commanding presence, reliable, doesn't dive in, uh, and an athlete as well. His position is excellent. Excellent. He he manages to to get goal side of his defenders, tackles well, but his positional play is is been is been superb. Yeah, as an athlete as well. But uh, yeah, I think he's he's our our player of the season in my eyes. And Mimetti, you know, he's obviously you know a talent. You know, he's going to be on the stage of the championship next season. I think Ian said in one of his comments, you know, we and he did tire of it in the second half, a bit like at Sunderland, but we need to give him the ball more, in my view, because you give him the ball, and as the guy I took yesterday, who's a whole fan, you know, you've got to have two players on him all the time, which creates space for others in behind, doesn't it? Yeah, so would you like to see Mimetti getting more of the ball? 
Yeah, absolutely. The way he takes the ball out of the air, traps that ball. Brilliant, brilliant control. Uh, brilliant, brilliant feet to to be able to to beat to beat players in tight positions, similar to to Alex, to Alex Scott. But yeah, we need players running off of him uh, because he's going to take two or three players at the game. So he needs he needs you know to release the ball for you know for people like Campering, and uh, you know we're going to miss him on Tuesday because uh, I could see Sam Bell playing on the left hand side with Naki Wells in the middle and, and Mark Sykes on the right because. Uh, Obviously, he's he's cut tight, so we're going yeah. to miss that that creativity. But it's really going to be a really exciting end of the season because he can only improve. Uh, like to see a few more shots from him, you know, perhaps hit through the ball, and you know, cross a little bit better at times. Maybe have a little bit more control. But yeah, what an exciting talent! And and yeah. like I said, you know, we people and ruin a steal, the sale and a steal of- and a steal at the money. Uh, yeah, we got him yeah. for. Yeah. And there's poor old Antoine sat on the bench. But as again, I replied to somebody on uh, Twitter, you know, he's probably on four times the wages that he was ironing here. So is he that bothered? I don't know. But, I think, uh, and it was a great, yeah. it was a great, it was a great deal for the club. Absolutely. Uh, January, January is, I mean, it's a, it's a setter, it's setter's market. City got the, the, the top, the, the, the uh, top offer that was, was on the table. And it's a good deal for the club. Antoine was ready to move on, and we got somebody which we'd obviously identified beforehand. Uh, a member is pretty useful against us in the League Cup uh, early yeah. in the season when we won up at Adams Park. Yeah. But yeah, what that's that's the next generation. If you can do that, and we are rueful, you know, when we lost Josh Brownhill and we lost Joe Bryan and Bobby Reed, we didn't find players who could be their equal. That's you know that's different, isn't it? You know, you've got no, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's um, true. Ian, what's what's the rule with since we're talking about substitution? A couple of things. What's the rule with how many? Because Hull did four subs, four sets of substitutions yesterday. One at half time, three individual ones in the second half. Is it that you can do three and then you can do them at half time, or if there's a head injury? What's the what's the ruling on substitutions? Because they did. Well, four. you can do you can do three times plus half time. Right, which is what which is what. And they you did. you can also make a concussion substitute, and that's if you do that, mm. if you do that, the other side gets an extra substitution as well to make it fair. Now, okay. on, All right. when we when we play Man City, we'll have nine subs on the bench because it's the same as in the Premier League. Um, and that'll be interesting because I'm 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 hoping to see Kane Wilson come back on the bench because I mean if he can't get in the um, and 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 a, there's an under twenty one game I think on the Monday, mm-hmm. um, so it'll be interesting if he plays that whether he he's on the bench as well or whether they keep him out of that and put him on the bench because yeah. um, as Mark's already alluded to we have got a very very thin squad. And we're only possibly one, two injuries away from a bit of a crisis. Yeah. So, um, it's. Uh, it was interesting. Sorry, it was one. interesting. Nigel did say about Wilson, I think, in his pre-match that he's still some way off. Which, when you bear in mind that he's played, he did a full ninety this week, and being some way off, there was almost that sort of well, yeah, he's going to be fit, but he's still one work some way off where we need him to be because that was the question mark when he came into the side that he didn't look he didn't look on well, the Well it's pace a question either. that you could you could put against every player, including George Tanner, who's now excellent, mm. um, who we signed from League Two. 
yeah. the physical step up seems to be too much. Yeah. Um, because don't forget, George did his hamstring twice last season. Mm. Um, and it, it's that physical step up, it used to be about 20%. I think it's probably closer to 40 now mm-hmm. between League Two and the Championship. Uh, yeah. And it seems that there's that physicality. It's interesting because you look at things, our defence is ever improving, but we're still only 14th on clean sheets. And yet, yeah. because of the run that we've had since January, on current form, we're the sixth best home team in the division and yeah. the seventh best away. Yeah. No, so that's interesting. That, which shows, which shows uh, and we're, I think, about fifth overall based on that. And, it, and that shows a level of uh, what we've achieved. And it'd be interesting to, to sort later in the pod, if you would, about how Nigel Pearson's come up with this new formation since the disaster on Boxing Day. Because if you look at what his side was at the start of the season, we were going to play 3-5-2. Yeah. Naismith was going to be in the middle. Atkinson was going to be on the left. And it would have been Callas, but he was injured. And closer, they tried on wide right of the back three. Yeah. Now, none of that is happening at the moment. So, it's, and, and seeing Kane Wilson come back could be interesting because... Can he play right back in a back four, or is he more likely oh, that's, that's to play, to play yeah. right wing? We'll talk about we we'll talk about that. The, with, the shape. With Mark, Mark's, if Mark yeah. Sykes is out, yeah. it's an interesting one. Yeah, Tom, sticking with subs, sticking with subs. What did you think of uh, uh, Harry Cornet yesterday? I mean, he, he looks a little bit like Bambi. I don't know. Did yeah. a couple of good things, but. I, I, well, he's come from a high intensity side with uh, playing for Luton, but you know, I'm, I've got my doubts. What did you think? Yeah, for me, he's trying too hard. Is he trying too hard? I think he he tries these flicks and he tries to like do do this like skillful flick or, and it, it works one time out of ten. The other time, nine times, you know, you're giving the ball away, and it wasn't. I thought yesterday he was he was okay when he came on. I thought he showed good intelligence to take it to the corner with Naki. And they held it in that corner and stoppage time for three out of the four minutes. I know that was that was um, good shit though, wasn't it? Yeah, that that and that's the sort of experience that we brought him in for. That, you know, Nigel was banging on when we brought him on. He's brought him in that he's a championship experienced striker. Um, but like I said, I think we need a preseason with him just to physically get him up to our demands because I think looking at us, I think we are we've got to be one of the most athletic, fit, and pacey teams in the division because. Our front three, especially, run teams into the ground, um, and yeah. we get we get round the back, and we're we're quick, and we are starting to really press teams now. And I think Nigel will be looking forward to having a pre-season with Cornick. And I think next season's when we judge him. I think it's a bit early That's to have our reservations That's... on him now. Yeah. I think for us, he was going to be a free transfer in January that we bought uh, uh, for summer that we bought forward. To deal with the the striker, you know, with Semenyo with Martin going, going the yeah. disruptive Martin reading between the lines, uh, yeah. in terms of what's being said. Okay, um, Mark, uh, with sticking on subs, <laughs> yeah, talking about taking one for the team, but uh, Traore, their sub, brought that to a whole new level. Did you notice his haircut was emulating their strip? You know, with a little sort of amber bit on top with the. Black underneath. I thought that was very, uh, uh, very loyal of him to do that. But, uh, but there we go. Um, okay, so look, we were robbed up at Hull on the uh, opening day of the season with uh, 
a penalty. Uh, I come to you first, Mark, on the pen. Um, yeah, because the rest of the first half it was nil nil. They came in a bit strongly, but second half, you know, we were always the better team. But uh, was it a pen for you? Yeah, yeah. The guy had his he 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 raised his arms. His palms were out in an unnatural position, I must say, inside the area, and that's a penalty. They don't always get given. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> they don't always get given, and but you know that that that's a penalty, and it, I think <clears throat> I've been told, and you might have seen this in OTIB, David. I think that's the first penalty we've scored at home since the 29th of December 2019, from uh, family against against Luton, a three 0 win. The one we had after that was October 2020 during lockdown. We were three one down to Norwich at home. Uh, Wells had a chance to get it back. And he missed two. it. He hit it over the bar for, at the uh, at the Atio end. Allah, Allah, what's his name? Um, oh God, who was the bloke? Lee, uh, Lee Tomlin against. Yeah, Burnham well, Albion. yeah, that that was yeah, that was. Uh, it, this one's for you, uh, Lee. <laughs> that one's that one's still that one's still going. I think. <laughs> well, somebody hit one over the Atio yesterday. Yeah, yeah, he did right but at the end. Yeah. I mean, again, was this a little bit more of the charade with Mametti making out he wanted to take the kick, or did he want to take it because it ended up with Naki? Was it a bit like the? Oh, yeah, the yeah. I said, I said, I said. I mean, last week that was just a brilliant piece of kidology um, from Sykes because Patterson, the, the, the Sunderland keeper who'd saved his free previous penalties in the league, great record. Yeah, gave him an earful, didn't he? Gave gave Sykes an earful. Probably, yeah. He went had a penalty for for for, for eighteen months. You're not going to score this one either. You know, the, the crowd are behind you. Miss, miss, miss. So he took yeah. all the stick. Bloke on the edge of the area, pretending he's got cramp. I think he got booked, didn't he, lying in the area. This is what team, defending teams do now. They'll scuff the penalty spot up. They'll take as long as possible, get in the uh, the forward's head, make yeah. it as hard as possible for them. But, yeah, we just, I mean, we, I mean, Wells. And he dispatched so it. Calm. That was clinical, yeah. wasn't it? Well, I last mean, week, it, last week. Goalkeeper, in a... That was their goalkeeper's debut, Carl Darlow. Been yeah, that's the ex, um, I think he's the ex-Newcastle keeper, isn't he? He's, played for he's on loan. Before. He's on loan from there. Yeah, he's a good, he's a good goalkeeper, but he's set so he in the got, wrong he way. He gave, he gave him the eyes, I think. You know, you, you look, yeah. look one way and he just did it perfectly. Last week, he hit it with power and beat the goalkeeper's dive. This time, he, he sold him just straight down the middle. Game over. <laughs> yeah. Ian, uh, penalty for you every day of the week. I mean, when you look at some of the ones we haven't had, you know, and uh, as the title of this episode is, penalties are like buses. We get none, then two come along at once. But, uh, you know, <laughs> we've had that. That was a bit soft if you're a Hull fan or or not. Referee made the right decision. Referee was 100% right. And I give the referee yesterday 10 out of 10, Samuel Barrett. Um, let the game flow, possibly a little bit too much at times. Um, but it was a better game because of it. And yeah. Christie's Christie's arm was out, and it was actually crooked towards the ball. So hundred percent a penalty. Mm. And when you look at some of the ones we haven't got for clear pushes in the back and uh, tackles where blokes come in, get nowhere near the ball and take a player out, and the referee's saying play on. You know, we we more. If, it's not a question of do you deserve it or not. It's a question of is it a penalty or isn't it? And it was 100% a penalty. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I thought the, I, I thought he did well. It was a better game for it. He let it flow. Like I say, a little bit too much. Kept his cards in his pocket. Yes, I'm sure did. that he gave a yellow. He did. Doyle. Doyle got, he was the only yellow card. Who was yeah, but I'm sure that he gave one out after the penalty as well. To, it may have been to Christie, it may have been to somebody else. I'm sure he, it, there was a yellow card shown, but 
and anyway, I mean, if, if it's, it says one in the stats for that, yeah. um, the tackle by Coyle. So, yeah, we'll go with that. Don't really matter. I mean, the yeah. game's over now. Yeah. On Harry Cornick, when we signed him, Pearson said, we'll get him fitter. And then he said, and I know we'll get him stronger. So we obviously knew what he was getting. Yeah. Um, and, and I think I'd go along with what everybody else has said. At the moment, if you look at our team and strikers, if you call Weinman a striker as well, we all know he's probably his best position is a 10. Um, he Cornick's going to be what he was at Luton, fourth or fifth choice. Yeah. Yeah, but a good at squad player moment, nonetheless. As Tomo said, we're being a bit overly critical. He's well, no, hard enough to judge him. Well, no, you, you judge a player on what you judge, judge what a player you on what, what yeah. you see. You yeah. don't judge him on what he might be or what he no. could be. Or, well, that's right. Absolutely uh, and, right. And because think, look at Mameti. Mameti, you know, we've judged him on what he's done on the pitch. And okay, I thought of Sunderland, he could have released the ball a bit earlier a couple of times in the second half got taken off and you know but I think we need to use him more but we've identified in two two and a half three games what a player we've got and we're not saying well, the same about Cornick so no we're not and, and the other thing is you could the, the thing about Metti and releasing the ball you could put that allegation just as strongly if not more strongly on Alex Scott the number of times yesterday I was screaming at him to pass it yeah because the pass was on and he wanted two more touches and that's something that He'll be more creative and get more assists if he if he eradicates that from his game. Yeah. Interesting, Ian, picking up on that point. I recall an incident in the second half, actually, where he was bursting through and he is showing the class and it's a shot window for him on Tuesday night, obviously. But I think it was Naki was screaming wide right and he could have released it and Naki was in the clear. But to coming to you, Tom, and sticking on a penalty, you, you play as a defender, so... Uh, Two things, um, you know, would you have been a bit disappointed if that had been given against you? And then the other thing, picking up on what Ian said about referees, do you find lower down the chain at grassroots level that referees are letting the games flow a little bit more and the game is better for it? I, I think for me, I, I agree with the general consensus that it was a penalty. I think if you're the attacking team there and you're playing a match and you see the defender's arm base in the box and more, you'd be absolutely screaming for it. And I think there was a few where I thought the ref yesterday, I thought he did let the game go too far for me at times. Mm. There was one where Tetty, uh, who they brought on, decided instead of going for the header, that he was going to back into Callas about three foot away. And I thought that's mm. just bizarre how he's let that play. Um, but with refs in general, I, I do, I, I think the more they play advantage, the better but it needs to be a wise advantage. There's no point in playing on when there's there's no advantage to be given. Um, and if the team, the offensive team would rather have the free kick, then give them the free kick, in my opinion. Um, but I thought the ref, he was bizarre, but I, I liked how he wasn't completely just throwing cards around. Yeah. He only gave deserved cards. And, and he seemed to it, play the advantage, well, not the advantage, let the game flow on equal measure to both mm. sides. Because I thought, you know, when we played Norwich a couple of weeks ago, it was almost like they're the ex-Premier League team where they're going to get away with all the nudges and shoves and we're going to penalise you. So at least he was even-handed uh, even um, in, um, in terms of what he did. So, Mark, I mean, we're unbeaten now in 12. Nine in the league. I, I checked out and you go back to season 2019-20, 
which was a season that ended with lockdown. And we lost to Leeds on the opening day. We went on a 10-match unbeaten run then. That was all in the league. Uh, you know, so we, we, we've done well to get there. But we're still sort of nestled in that mid-table and still not in touch with the uh, anywhere, anything like the, the, top, the top lot. And yesterday, Blackburn, Millwall and Luton all won which for me, I think, is curtains on the uh, any lingering hope of uh, finishing sixth. Let's not even say top six. Let's talk about that sixth position. But, uh, you know, the, the, the next three games coming up in the league, you know, might you take a different view if we've got maximum points? I mean, what is it? It's uh, Cardiff, Huddersfield away, Blackpool at home. They're all teams that are down at the bottom. You know, we should beat them, shouldn't we, Mark? Yeah, we should we should beat them on paper, but 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 it won't won't be easy. I think it's easier playing playing away against Cardiff and Huddersfield because they'll have to somewhat take the take the game to us. Mm. Interesting dynamic with Neil Warnock taking over at Huddersfield, but they got hammered yesterday by uh, by Burnley. You know you have to expect that uh, it'll probably be promoted in the next few weeks the way they're going, more than two two points a game. But yeah, I, I haven't got any thoughts of getting in the top six. Um, I think top ten would be. I think yeah. I think we're all, good, we're all if we like, finish in top ten, and our points yeah. total in twenty seventeen eighteen was sixty seven. Yeah, and bearing in mind it was forty something at Christmas, sixty seven, and twenty nineteen, uh, twenty eighteen nineteen. One of the seasons we got sixty five. I think so. If we can get a mid sixties points total, which with thirteen games to go and based on current form, you know, top ten is realistic now. Mark, would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think um, we're almost clear of relegation. The average uh, points to, needed to stay to be safe over the last five years has been forty-three point four. Over the last ten years, is forty-four point two. So a couple of wins, I'd see is see is more than safe. But we wanna. It'd be nice if we could get two points a game between now and the end of the season. So that'd be twenty-six points, seventy points would be great. So I think we're looking. Not going to be enough, maybe, though, is it? Do you think? No, not enough. Not enough to get in the playoffs, maybe. But no. But say let's say let's look at a parameter of sixty-five to seventy points. Yeah. Aim. Let's see if we can aim to get two points a game and finish as high, finish as high as possible. Because I think the team's found its identity. We can we can pass the ball. We could do a little bit quicker. What I'd like to see us do. Is not just play the ball down down the 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 the, the, uh, the channels, but play the ball inside defenders as well. I think, uh, as Tom said, that's what you lose a little bit without having Cal Naismith because he he can play that ball inside the full backs and, and the centre back uh, rather than just play the play the ball down you know play the ball down the wing where where that's the safest option. I think that would help the likes of Sam Bell uh, because he might find it you know difficult to beat defenders and especially against Manchester City. You've got to get. You've got to play that ball quicker. It's got to be a good pass. It's got to be a quick pass because you're likely to lose possession very quickly. And we're going to be. It's going to be at least seventy thirty percent possession, if not more, on Tuesday. We we're going to be resigned to that, aren't we? Yeah, no, that's true. Ian, uh, on the same point. I mean, uh, to take the cup games out of it. Yeah, and obviously the thirteenth game in the unbeaten run is Tuesday night. But nine games in the league has yielded. Uh, I think is it seventeen points. Do you think this side, and you look at the fixtures, do you think this side is capable of doing two points, uh, two points a game for the remainder of the season? <clears throat> no, I don't. Uh, but it's all baloney, really, isn't it? Because if if you look at um, our, our our squad depth, you know, let's say we play Man City, and God forbid, 
um, Viner or uh, or Callas are injured, mm. then what? Well, Pring goes um, into the mid. Pring goes into the middle, and JDS plays. Yeah, at, the last at, time Cam Pring went in the middle, Pearson dropped him and sent him to the land of the banished. So that's how well he did. Yeah, but that was I. Well, that was it was yeah, it Swansea. I, for, that was. It was Swansea, yeah. was it? It was Swansea away, and and Zach Viner was in the same boat. So and and went in the land of the banished. Now that's because he, he's better in a two than a three. So hopefully we find out about people. I I really don't want to. After the success we've had, please God, don't start shifting people around out of their best positions. I know we might have to from a point of view of necessity, but you know, and and I I'm I'm not gonna. Um, relax until we've got 53 points. Do I think we'll get relegated? No, I absolutely don't. Um, and I did think that a few months ago uh, because we hadn't had a run like this and we no. didn't look like having one. And, and even when we were playing well, we were losing. And the two best, e- uh, or, or we weren't winning, the two best examples I'll give you, Watford at home should have won that game and got a point. Sheffield United at home should have won that game, lost. Yeah. And that was when you've got George Tanner playing it right centre-back in a three. Now, whether he'd be any better at right centre-back in a two, I don't know. But Pearson's view of the world was he wasn't going to go and look at free agents. He wasn't going to go out and uh, bring someone in. He was going to use what, uh, how he described it, was what he's got in the building. So that means players like Duncan Iden. I suppose he could recall um, Joe Lowe from Warsaw. I don't think he would. Um, and uh, using some of the other lads in, in the under-21s. Under so there's a, there's another good left-sided central defender in Rafa Roya. Now, he was injured, but I don't. Yeah. The, it was said the injury wasn't very serious. So he's another one that, that yeah. could come in. Yeah, I don't probably... think he played... I don't think... I'll stand corrected. I don't think he played against Colchester. In that no, he wouldn't, Dave. He was, I just said he was injured. He's still, but, still injured, right. He's been out for but, a few weeks but, I think there's a game, there's a 21s game Monday, I think. So, um, you know, I, I think we shouldn't get get ahead of ourselves. I think we we need to play the next game. And I'm talking about the the league game. But Manchester, Manchester City, no one's expecting us to do something. So wouldn't it be great if we did? And mm-hmm. we've got a puncher's chance. We've got the same chance as Leon Spinks has when he went in to fight Muhammad Ali, when Muhammad Ali was the best fighter in the world and Leon Spinks was nowhere near the best fighter in the world and Leon right. Spinks won. So it's it's that kind of chance that we've got. Man City will have to be off their game. We'll have to be bang on ours and even, you know, absolutely 100% every player. And, yeah. and we'll have a, we've got a very small chance. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, talk about Man City in a moment to... Uh, yeah. Wrap up. Let's. Uh, there's a few things to uh, talk about. I'm going to come on to Tom next. Uh, you're not old enough to remember uh, Tom the '89-'90 uh, kit, but unusually, uh, because of the demise of Hummel, although the reformed Hummel are now doing commentaries kit, we had a kit change yesterday. Uh, O'Neill's in uh, Ireland, the provider, who I think do Wickham's kit. So there's maybe example of Phil Alexander having uh, some involvement in the process. But uh, I thought we looked quite good in that kit yesterday, didn't you, Tom? I, I don't know. I don't know for me. It's, it's something about it. I just think when I saw them walk out, I was like, oh, okay. It reminds me a bit of our, our seventeen eighteen kit, but I, I didn't, I was okay with that kit, but I wonder whether, I'm not sure. I think it's just me. 
because uh, overall it seems like everyone loves the kit. But I'm I'm not I'm not a massive fan of it. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the original home kit, but for me, I mean, I'm a bit fifty fifty on this one. Maybe I'll learn to yeah. love it. I mean, when you play, I mean, you you play, you played a few seasons. Now. Do, you, do, 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 do you put different? Have you had experience of different manufacturers' shirt and the feel of it? Have you ever pulled on a shirt and thought? Forget the look of it; it doesn't feel right, or whatever. Yeah, some uh, some kits you you play in. There's Nike seem to always do really light kits. It's like really really airy, and then you might play in a a different kit, and it's quite heavy. So you know, I, I think with all these professional clubs, though, they'll have very similar kit models. I mean, O'Neill's uh, do Gaelic football, and apart mm. from Wickham, they're uh, we're the only football league club I think to uh, to go yeah, with them. Right. Which is, I, I think, think that right. is a uh, testament to us as well to actually trust i think that summed up us up quite well being different from the rest i, I quite like that that we haven't gone with a nike or someone like that well we might get more individuality with the designs i'm not sure about uh, max o'leary's uh, pink outfit what did you think of the new kit mark um you know distinctive <clears throat> uh you know back back to back to playing red i did like the um the kit this season um i'm i'm an historical nut and that was a shout out to our 54 55, 55. campaign, which yeah. was the only, you know, Division Three South Championship. Took us 60 years to win another championship under Steve Cottrell. Yeah, it is very similar to the 2017 18, which was a single pinstripe and a higher and a higher neck. So it's just a V, it's a, it's a V neck, and it was similar to the, uh, the, the 89 90 and the late 80s higher right, all the late 80s higher right kits were very similar um, from the fourth division onwards. Um, so yeah, it's it's an it's a nice kit, but it's strange that we that we had to do that. You know, two thirds of the way through a season, and it makes those Hummel kits a collector's item now because the the yeah. few well they, they weren't in mass circulation because they, we ran out of stock. But they'll be you know a few years time they'll be trading for a good price on eBay, won't they? Yeah, maybe Ian, um, you know the kits. You know you sell a lot of shirts, and cities in the past have been guilty. With a new kit at the start of a new season, not having any, not having enough stock in, so people go on holiday and I can't say I do this myself, but they want to wear their football team's kit. Whereas now, you know, the kit, even the little um, mascots, they all had it on yesterday. I mean, it, it, you know, I thought it looked good. What did you think? I mean, it doesn't add to the game, but it's just the look of the thing. And you know, eighty nine, ninety, one of the halcyon seasons in our time watching the club. Yeah, it I'll be honest, Dave, it's not something I take a great deal of notice of. I mean, I, I wouldn't like to see us in fluorescent green or anything like that. Um, but no, I mean, I I didn't mind the the kit that we started the season with. I did really like the socks. I thought they were a bit what I call busy. Um, but you know, with chevrons and hoops, and so so this is better from that. This is what I call a, a possibly a more traditional kit, although. Uh, the the original kit this season that harked back to a bygone day, didn't it? So, I, I, you know, for me, it, it, I'm a, I'm a bit I'm a bit mad about it. I know the club do these things so they can sell shirts and get revenue, and the same is they're doing a lot of hospitality at very high prices and all the rest of it for the Man City game. So, hmm. you know, if 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 you can attract money, because we'll all complain about the prices, and then. We'll all be in the summer. We'll all be going. Well, they should pay a million pound for this bloke, and you know, three hundred grand for that bloke, and another million for somebody else. So, um, you know, I, I more power to their arm for me. So, and and I'm not the sort of person that I might, I might buy a, a shirt in the summer for uh, for the grandkids, but apart from that, I, I'm not 
I'm, it's not something I get exercised about, to be honest. Yeah, no, that would be a very expensive uh, exercise for me to do in the summer. Okay, because as you know, Ian, and uh, I think a couple of other people as well, that between Mel and I, between February last year and November this year, we had five grandkids and they're all boys. That shouldn't oh, make wow. any difference, of course. That should not make any difference. Uh, well, you've got, you got plenty of money, Dave. Don't make any difference. Well, um, maybe. <laughs> That's a shoe. That's a shoe. Um, no begging if, letters, uh, listeners. Tom, um, uh, so I'm going to come to you on this one because the, what I'm going to talk about after that is more related to the, the older generation. But uh, what's mm. this little dance that Pearson was doing? I can remember when he, not long after he joined, he was a bit of a, a like, strictly come dancing. But he, they showed it on ITV a couple of times. Did you see his little yeah. soft shoe shuffle? And somebody said, is he going to do moonwalking next? <laughs> I quite like that, though. I mean, not often. I, th- I think Nigel's a bit zen, really, in his interviews. He's a... Uh... When, when he talks, he he's very measured in what he says. He doesn't show too much emotion. So to see, yeah. see Nigel, it reminds me of uh, when we beat Barnsley at home last season, our first first home win, and what well, well, seemed like forever. And he uh, looked up to the sky, arms outstretched, and everyone was yeah. loving that. And I, I thought, yeah, I, I enjoyed it anyway. Do you think? Do you think it's in his character, in his personal DNA that you know, if we. Man City apart, do you think he's ever going to be one that's going to be bounce around the ground like uh, Lee and his dad did? Do you see him jumping up and down to the crowd? Uh, unless we get promoted at Wembley in a playoff final, I don't think there's going no. to be much boun- bouncing from Nigel, no. And have, we, have, we, have we had any chance of Pearson's red and white army at all in the two years he's been here? I, I don't. I think there's been there's been periods where I think overall, <laughs> fan base being quite scathing at times, but uh, yeah, I think we're going to get there. I think uh, yeah. I think people are truly seeing the warming to him. Uh, so yeah. Somebody said to me the other day, a, a mate who listens to the podcast, thank you, Richard, because I'm sure he'd be listening to this one. And he said he'd noticed how in our podcast, instead of referring to him as Pearson, we're actually referring to him as Nigel Pearson now. So that was an interesting observation from an outsider. Okay, you next, Mark. Um, thank look, you. The, the, the music. The, the intro music for this week I picked on um, Dickie Davis, who sadly passed away at the ripe old age of 94, which is undoubtedly a good inning. So the theme music, if you haven't recognised it, is World of Sport. And for people in their 50s and above, Dickie Davis on a Saturday afternoon. But less than 72 hours later, we had, uh, sadly, Motti passing away at 77. And then yesterday, I, it came as a total shock somebody we all know, and I've met him and what have you, uh, former chief executive Colin Sexton passed away as well. But, um, you know, all three people, uh, all three of those guys, uh, Mark, I'm sure, you know, you've got, a, you've got a comment on all of them, what you remember. So Dickie Davis, John Motson and Colin. Yeah, I mean, D- Dickie Davis was the face, he was the, 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 uh, uh, the compare you know, of, of world of sport, ITV's equivalent to grandstand on a Saturday afternoon. Beaming face, bouffant hairdo, moustache, you know, always well-dressed in the 70s with those very wide lapels. Dominated dominated our screen, linking, you know, wrestling from, uh, from you know, from, from d- dingy halls up and down the country to, uh, you know, to, to athletics and, and, you know, racing in the States. Everything you could find on a Saturday afternoon with that opening music, with a, with a, uh, a plane trailing the World of Sport banner. Instantly recognisable, you know, just that beaming, beaming smile. 
um, yeah. a, a brilliant broadcaster, and a link with Bristol City because Alan Dix came up with this it's a knockout style game. All in the game. That was, that was played. It was staged at Ashton Gate. Uh, in 1975 and 76, introduced by Dickie Davis and Brian Moore, the nice big wooden stage. And Brian Moore's head like the London games. Planetarium, as they used to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. You probably, yeah, the T-Fowl style he- uh, forehead. You could probably beam a an I- like an IMAX <laughs> screen on, on top of it. <laughs> but he, yeah, wonderful old school broadcast broadcasters both. And yeah, that was and Motti. What about Motti and the Motti? Motti, he yeah, he was he got his break. I think in the 72 season, and this had been on the BBC site. It was a replay between Newcastle and then uh, non-league team. They're non-league team now, but they were on the verge of getting the football league. Hereford United, as they were then, and this game was only going to get a five-minute slot. It was a replay uh, at um, I think Edgar Street, isn't it? Is uh, is Hereford's ground. They're 1 0 down after 81 minutes, one in extra time. Two brilliant goals from Ronnie Radford and a winner from Ricky George. And I think his commentary, I think, on, on one of the goals just made it. And that got his break. Uh, you know, he, he never looked back after that. After that, he was a staple of Match of the Day, World Cup coverage, several finals. Yeah. And one of his comments about Jakonowski, 91 to 92 FA Cup, a uh, game that we win. thought had been yeah. called off. Jackie had his best game for City. Sometimes he, I know he's from another country, but sometimes he looks like he's from another yeah. planet. Yeah, you know. And just and just to finish, Mark, like on that, Colin, you must have phrase, met, yeah, you must have met Colin recognisable in the national psyche. What a wonderful commentator he was. Yeah. And Colin Sexton, old school um, administrator, a very nice man, an absolute gentleman. Whoever whoever spoke to him made an impression. And he's very sadly, very sadly missed. Works, you know, extremely hard to have success at both Gloucestershire County Cricket Club and Bristol City. I heard recently that he'd been ill for some time, and he's very sadly missed. It's yeah, yeah, it's a very sad week losing those three real characters. Yeah, Uh, and uh, you know, uh, our heart goes out to all their families. Yeah, Ian, your memories of uh, Davis. I mean, Dickie Davis. As Ian said, Mark said, sorry, with the studio in the background. I think some one of the comedy shows did a, a, a Mickey take of it because it showed two people throttling each other over the, in front of the computer monitors. But that was staple diet on Saturday afternoons in our childhood, and then right up until fairly recently, John Motson, and then I'm sure. Like me and you'd had quite a few exchanges with the with Colin over the years that he was there. You know, a genuinely nice bloke. Well, <clears throat> Dickie Davis, I always remember on a Saturday afternoon, you had the wrestling with a guy. Kent uh, the commentator was a guy called Kent Walton. Yeah. Now, for ten points, can anybody else tell me what Kent Walton was involved in? There's a pause, so no, tell us, put us out of our misery. <laughs> He yeah, I think used that's, a good, to, I think that's um, a good idea. He used to select casts for um, porn films. <laughs> what so Ken Walton did? Yeah, yeah, I think so, I think he might have even even produced them um, at, at one time. So, so he was um, so so he was very yeah he was very very uh, very good at indoor sports of all natures really lots of indoor wrestling. sports of all natures yeah, wrestling. You, won't, you won't understand any of this Tom so you just shut your ears <laughs> yeah Tom said a very sheltered life I can I'm gonna have, sorry <laughs> I'm gonna have your old man after me um, <laughs> so um, uh, Colin Sexton yeah he he was one of many CEOs appointed by 
um, Steve Lansdowne, and there were <laughs> there were various discussions around what he um, what he achieved and, and, and what he didn't, and what it was like at Gloucester CC. Um, it's always sad when people associated uh, with clubs uh, and and if you like legends of the game, like John Motson, must have been one of the most uh, impersonated guys alongside David Coleman and other people like that who were, now, who were sadly no longer with us. But uh, what I liked about John Motson was he was very uh, uncritical. So I don't think I, I ever, ever heard him criticise any players, any managers, which is probably why he was so popular in the game. Yeah. Um, he, he no, that's was, very true. He reported on what was happening and he didn't slant it with opinions. And and his voice suited the game. I mean, I always thought with Barry Davis, for example, that he was his his presentation style and his voice was more suited to something like dressage or um yeah. uh, ice skating or something like that. Oh, which he did. He did those sports as well. Though. Yeah, he did. I'm sure he did. He, he did. I always remember Dickie Barry Davis, sorry, who you know, who's similar age to the two that are sadly past but it was the one with Franny E. Look at his face, just look at his face. That's one of those uh, iconic pieces of comedy yeah. back in the seventies. But uh, but there we go. No, um, Motti, Dickie Davis, and Colin. Uh, yeah, was sorry to lose all three uh, in this week. Right, let's move on to uh, the main event. Just to wrap up, somebody put on uh, as a thread on Otip. What can we do to beat Man City? And for a moment, that I was, thought, that was me. This. Was it you? Well, you I had put a that lot on there. Yeah. You had a lot of traction with this one. My view was, why don't we concede the game? And then uh, I think if you forfeit a game, you lose it 3-0. And I think anything less than that uh, would be an absolute bonus. David, uh, we, haven't got into the, we haven't gotten to the quarterfinal of the Cup for 49 years. Yeah. I, I'd like us to get to the quarterfinal, even if yeah. we do get beat by Man United at Old Trafford. Don't you want that? Don't, you know? Well, I don't keep, know. To, Tom, keep, you Tom, want, Tom. So what you're saying, David, is you want the run to end. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, look, we can't get to the semi-final because it's Mel's birthday that weekend. Oh, I weekend see, I see. So it's selfish reasons that. now. Yeah, yeah, it's partly. <laughs> I mean, it was the best draw for us to get Man City at home because that yeah. then, then he, what do we do on the weekend of the 22nd of April? Um, but Tom, coming to you first, what can we beat Man City? And if so, how? Uh, of course, we can beat them. Will we is a different question. <laughs> um, you, you need a bit of luck. You need to be on it, and you need to sort of bank that they're not going to uh, be at their best. But I just want to see us take the game to them. I don't want to. I want us to be ourselves um, and, and to press high and not be scared of of what they have, and trying to really show, you know, everyone what what we can do here. Let's not make the game about them and. You know, whatever the scoreline may be, as long as we provide a committed performance, I mean, we should be proud of the players to get in to the point they have. And I think this game is deserved for the players, especially after the commitment they've shown since the new year. And it's sort of a reward yeah. for their efforts. Um, so let's take it as that. It's a bit of a free hit for me. Um, no matter the result, as long as the players are committed and, you know, the fans get right behind them, which I know we will, um, that's all we can ask, really. Yeah. Okay, um, Ian, your your thoughts for Tuesday? Uh, of course, we can beat them. And do you think if they were six points clear in the Premier League that they might play a 
weakened side, but because Arsenal and the weak side is still an exceptionally strong side, but because Arsenal, they'll look at this as silverware that they really want to get their hands on. Well, Man City want to win every game they play in. And Pep Guardiola is a serial winner. It's as simple as that. So I'm expecting a strong side. I think they may leave out Haaland in De Bruyne uh, because they've got uh, Champions League football and Premier League football coming up. But the guys that come in for them, you know, um, <laughs> if they play Gundogan, is it Alvarez up front? I mean, we'll see a World Cup winner. Yeah. So and Mares as well. <laughs> and they're not they're not too shabby, are they? And if you look at the blokes that came off the bench against Bournemouth yesterday, dear me, I mean, they is stunning quality. So, what needs to happen for us to win? First of all, I I'd play a four five one, and a little bit like the way we finish up yesterday with Jada Silva at left back and Campring on the left wing instead of Mameti, who of course is cup tied and can't play. Mm. So I go with a four-five-one. Key players in that would be the two wide players, who are Sykes and Pring. Um, we cannot leave grass behind us because they'll destroy us because they've got that much pace. So you need to defend, uh, but you still need wit so you can break on the attack. And with Sykes and 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 Pring wide, and I'd play Naki down the middle. We've got what I described earlier on is a puncher's chance. And and so we, we make it as difficult as we possibly can and hope that they have an off night. It'd be a, a fantastic atmosphere down there. They've played in mammoth stadiums with mammoth attendances and mammoth atmospheres. So that won't bother them even slightly. But I, I think, can I see us winning? No, but I couldn't see us beating Man United that year, but we still beat them. Um well, so, we gave them a good game. We gave them a good game when they came to us, didn't they? What was it? Three two at our place and two one up there, was it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we we gave them a really good game up there. I thought yeah. we were actually better up there than we were at Ashton Gate. But yeah. but look, I mean, no one's expecting us uh, to win. No one's even expecting us to draw. So let's go out. Let's. There's no pressure on the players. There's no expectation. Let's go out and thoroughly enjoy ourselves and be the best possible version of what we can be to a man. And that's, that's down to the, and we'll, we'll be out there, was it, 20 players. All 20 players have, have got to go out and be the best possible version of themselves. It's, it's a shame that uh, Mimeti can't play, but I think we start with a more defensive lineup. Okay, we, we've got um, plenty of talent on the bench if players tire. Um and and we can, you know, if we can hold them and frustrate them, um, I've seen teams do that to them, admittedly not lower division teams, but I've seen teams do that to them. And sometimes uh, Tottenham did it the other week and, and Man City pretty much ran out of ideas, which is one of the first times I've seen them do that. Mm. So that's the, that's the way to do that. I think be very solid. Uh, don't play. Don't sit back in the penalty area, but don't leave grass behind you. Don't play a high line, and hope we can catch them on the break and and get a goal because it could. You know, you get an early goal like we did up there, um, and it can certainly put the cat amongst the pigeons, can no, it? 
That's true. Mark uh, Ian's comment was very uh, apposite, if that's the right word, be the best version of what we can be, which I think Nigel said that about his expectation of uh, of, of the players all the time. But uh, the best, we've got to be better than the best version of what we can be if you can achieve such a, a level to beat them. Mark? Yeah, you've got to play. You've got to play the uh, play play the team, not not the not the occasion. Uh, I think we've got about a five percent chance of winning if we play four five one as expected. I think we can't leave Naki Wells isolated. The team has got to be move up and down the pitch in a, in a diligent way and and keep those lines very tight. We need to make it as uncomfortable as possible for uh, for Manchester City. We've got to tackle like like demons. And we've got to pass the ball well. What we've got is lots of pace behind. We have to score first. Teams like Manchester City, they can score goals. They score one. They could score two or three in succession. If you let your head drop. So we got they they have to be below par. But if if they're the version that played Southampton, they looked a little bit disinterested. The the passing wasn't crisp. They created hardly any chances. Even when they got Haaland on, they just couldn't seem to carve out chances. We got to be, we got to be ex- exceptional, and the crowd have got to lift. It's got have got to be more vocal. Um, I mean, I'm guilty of this. Um, the only the only section eighty two and now A block are the only stands that seem to sing. We've got to really yeah, and they were a bit try, quiet yesterday as well. They were well, a little just, bit quiet. Oh, we don't. We're not. We're, we're, yeah, we're we're not we're not uh, a, a crowd that 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 sings. You know, it's not like the Holmesdale ends for Alexander and Crystal Palace who keeps singing non-stop throughout the game. That's the atmosphere we need. You know, a tighter ground. We need to make it as as hard as possible. Yeah. What we have to score first in that game, it's possible, but we've got to find more ways than just playing it down the wings. We need to play the ball uh, behind, you know, Stones and Aki and maybe a Kanji. They're not, they're not as good as they were last season. I think they really missed Jesus and and, and Sterling's width. But they got. I mean, if they're not playing Haaland, they play like said Ian said. They got a World Cup winner in Alvarez. If they don't play the silver, they got uh, Bernardo Silva. They got uh, Rodri. If they're not playing Gundogan, they got Riyad Mahrez. They got so I many know. options. I expect they got Haaland so many. And, Haaland and De Bruyne were on. Will be on the bench. I'd love to get one over on, on De Bruyne. I remember, he came off the pitch at Ashton Gate and said, "Oh, what a direct team." Bristol City are they, they were a bit direct. What does he expect? We are playing the best passing team in the world. What would he expect us to do? Try and go toe to toe. I mean, my I view, thought it was quite funny. Yeah, my view is: look, we want to give them a game. If we could get an early goal yeah. and rattle them, if we came out the blocks like we did against Hull and convert an early chance, you know, then it gives you a fighting chance. Well, do you, uh, does anybody remember they played they played Cheltenham Town in the FA Cup a couple of seasons ago? And they had, they scored from a long throw-in, wasn't it? I think, Ian, it was Alfie May. We talked about Alfie May, didn't we, in that long throw-in, I think, yeah. for, for a little while. And it was 1-0. We were about 10... They, they, they scored three goals in the last 10 minutes, I think, Manchester City. But they gave them a game. You know, that's yeah. what the FA Cup. That's about. all we can hope for. OK, exactly. gents. Gents, we'll be uh, recording our post-match review of the Man City game on Wednesday morning. Those that are available uh, can listen and uh, contribute. Thank you to everybody today. Uh, I think any any last words from you, uh, Mark or Ian or Tom, before we uh, wrap up, or are we uh, all good to go? Yeah, if you can get if you can get to the game on Tuesday, watch that game on ITV. 
hopefully we'll see you know Bristol City side do you proud whatever the result it's going to be a full house and it's going to be a fantastic night for, for Bristol City and the City of Bristol on national TV let's hope the players do the club proud whatever the result and it's you know the, the, one of the steps in the climb back of Bristol City because I think there are better times ahead in terms of the run the way that we're playing and the way the club's developing I've, I think true. it's we're looking up yeah, Ian, final word from you? Um, I, I think Mark summed it up very well. And Tom, anyone from uh, you? Let's just, let's just enjoy the game Tuesday. Uh, right. Tuesday. Everybody, thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for your messages through the way. Let's hope we uh, go out and give Manchester City a game on Tuesday night. And until the next time, though, thanks, everybody, for listening to Forever Bristol City Podcast. Have a good couple of days before the big game. All the best, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, Thanks. Everybody. Right. Bye-bye. Pleasure. Pleasure. Love to you all. Bye. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy. As happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along. Along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again. Singing a song when the red, red robins are ba ba bobbing along. When the red, red robin comes ba ba bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up. Wake up, you sleepyhead, get up, get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song, when the red, red robin starts bobbing along.